Welcome to your IVF Abroad podcast, where I will share, educate and empower you on your journey with infertility and IVF Abroad. I'm Emma Haslam, your host, mum via treatment abroad and the IVF Abroad expert. Since the birth of my son in 2018, I have made it my mission to make fertility treatment more transparent, accessible, supported and affordable. I now help people around the world just like you to find a safe, best fit clinic, have fertility treatment and achieve their dreams of starting or expanding their families. And I'm here now to help you too. Hello, Emma here. Welcome back to this week's episode of the podcast where I'm continuing with the mini series about why people are choosing to go abroad. And today's topic is one that's very close to my heart, which is accessibility. From a personal point of view, accessibility to me is really important. And and what do I mean by that? I mean that things are equal for all people, no matter what your sexual orientation is, what colour your skin is. Um, You know, if you have a a disability, a a level playing field, if you like. And I know that the world isn't like that, and I find that really difficult. And fertility treatment is another unfair playing field, particularly when it comes to state-funded treatment. Now, I know you might not be listening to this in the UK. You may be listening to to it in another country where you you do have state-funded fertility treatment, And you may be listening from somewhere that has no state-funded healthcare at all. Wherever you're listening from, this should be a useful episode anyway, because it's good to understand how accessible things are when you move outside of your home country, because you want to work out whether or not it's going to be accessible for you, right? Um, But I care deeply about accessibility, and I'm so passionate about the topic and I think that's one of the things that really drives me forward. And it's it's on my, my mission statement. I've talked about it before that, you know, I really want to impact as many people as possible by, you know, contributing towards a more transparent, more affordable, more accessible and more supported way to have fertility treatment. Because infertility is already, already so unfair. And then for some groups of people, it's even more unfair. And I've even experienced this myself firsthand. For those of you that know me or have listened to all of this podcast, then you'll know that I was refused fertility treatment on our our NHS due to my BMI being just under 35. I'd lost loads of weight, like six stone of weight to get my BMI down. And then the rules in our area changed. Yet had I lived a few miles down the road, I would have qualified for treatment. Not fair. Um, and, and that's because, you know, NICE produced their guidelines about what the recommendations are for free treatment, state-funded treatment. But it doesn't mean to say that the local care commissioning groups, the CCGs, who have to work out how they're going to spend their ever-shrinking budgets to serve their local populations, 
it doesn't mean that they have to do it. And a lot of them don't offer um, three rounds of, for example, state-funded treatment. Some areas do, but they are rare. And others offer one or two. And there are other areas that offer none. And it's really sad because it's infertility seems to be the only disease that isn't treated like any other illness. Um, and, and at times I sometimes feel like I've seen it in fertility policies where it's it's put with leave for things like elective surgery, cosmetic surgery, and it's obviously not the same thing at all. And, you know, it really pisses me off that not only do you have to fight infertility, that it then is a fight sometimes to get treatment as well. And it just seems unfair. And, it, and it's that it's not having a level playing field. I think that's what makes it difficult. To me, it's like, well, if they're the recommendations and that's what people should have. But hey, that's not the world in which we live in, is it? Um, and as well as having kind of recommendations, there's also then the eligibility criteria, which, you know, let's cut to the chase. We all know that that is to preclude people from treatment. It's to save money. We all know that, really. Um, but again, it's incredibly frustrating and will vary dependent on the CCGs. So, for example, things that may preclude you from treatment are things like if you've already had a child, so you may be experiencing secondary infertility, that would preclude you. Or if you were to meet a partner who already has children, then it would mean that you're not eligible. You've got to be a certain BMI. Don't even get me started on the bullshit mass indicator. It's an outdated tool that was developed to measure weight of, of white men. It was developed a long, long, long time ago and does not take into consideration fat versus muscle or anything like that it's an arbitrary tool that is not fit for purpose but unfortunately that is the one that we are using now don't get me wrong if your weight and i'm saying this as somebody who's overweight if your weight is the issue is the cause of your infertility or if having fertility treatment is not going to be safe because of your weight then yes of course you need to know that and you need to you know be told that and I also believe, then supported to lose weight if that's what you choose to do. We were offered no support. When I was told to go away and can you just go away and lose six stone, Emma? I wasn't offered anything to help me to do that. And, you know, to have one BMI in one area and another BMI in another is just, again, unfair. At the end of the day, I believe that if you if it's not unhealthy to you or any child conceived as a result then I believe it it should be your choice rather than it being somebody else's choice other things that can preclude you are things like some CTGs will say if you're a smoker then you won't be eligible and then there are different age criteria and also what about if you're in a same-sex couple so I've worked with same-sex female couples. I don't have any experience in surrogacy, so I haven't worked with same-sex male couples, but they are groups of people that are seriously marginalised anyway in society. And then unless the female who is going to be hopefully having the transfer has fertility issues, then they have to fund 
at least six cycles of IUI themselves to then go on to qualify for IVF in the UK. Six cycles of IVF, of IUI. I mean, who has the money laying around to do that? Said no one ever. And that is so discriminatory in my mind. Like, because it's all right saying if they have a fertility issue, what's that got to do with it? They can't conceive. Two females cannot conceive together without the use of donor sperm. And so that feels so wrong to me. So, so wrong. You know, and the same goes for two males. Um, you know, they will need a surrogate. And it's just, it's just unfair. It's really unfair. You know, also other groups that will not qualify are potentially single ladies who need donor sperm. They would have to fund their own cycles of, of IUI and then may or may not be eligible. And again, that's discrimination. Like, it's so wrong. I could sit and talk about this, rant about this for hours um but it's not going to get better in fact things have got worse like when i was looking at the the guidelines in the uk and kind of comparing it to when we were looking to have our treatment at that time you would be considered after trying for a year you know having unprotected sex for a year um if you're in a heterosexual relationship now it's two years Two years, which is a long time, like a really, really long time. And one of the other things that I'm hearing more and more is I'm getting clients that are coming to me and saying that they've not actually been able to find out kind of what the issue is. They've been trying for a long time. Nothing's been happening. They've gone to the GP and the GPs have said, well, I'm sorry, until you meet the criteria of the CCG for IVF, we're not going to do any infertility testing or any referrals to gynecology. So these poor people are left wondering why, what is the root cause of their infertility? So they have no answers, which again, you know, to to deny people the option to find out what is wrong I just, I can't understand it. It's so wrong and doesn't happen in like this in any other type of disease. Thankfully, I mean, I wouldn't wish this on anybody else, but it's so wrong. It's so unfair. Um, BMI, as I've said, is another one. Too fat, too thin. You know, and who determines that? Surely it's about being healthy, Um like, for example, with my diagnosis, so I was told I was perimenopausal and Adam had issues, my husband, with um, motility and sperm count. But everything else, because we were fortunate enough to get a gynae, a gynae referral, everything else was fine. So like my oven, as the doctor abroad once described it, was fine. There's nothing else going on. A little fibroid, but in the right place. But my BMI had nothing to do with my inability to conceive. And by people being turned down for treatment or told to go away and work on this area, it just makes you feel like you have somehow failed, like 
infertility, I don't know about you, but it just made me feel like a massive failure. Like the one thing that I felt like I was put here on the earth to do and I couldn't do it. And then to kind of be told, oh, you're too fat. Even though I knew really deep down it was nothing to do with why I couldn't conceive. It just made me feel like shit. It Even now when I think about it, because it just made me feel like it was my fault. And I get upset when I talk about this sometimes because I'm so annoyed. I'm this an angry tear coming to my eye because I know how awful it can make you feel. And I know how awful you might be feeling and it's not your fault. Like it is not your fault. These are just ways to stop us from having treatment to save money because the NHS is in a pickle. Um, And so I just don't want anybody to think that it's your fault because of your circumstances. None of it is your fault. So moving forward, some more positive messages. Um, As soon as you decide if you're in that position to have private treatment, which I know is a privilege and not everybody can afford private treatment, um, no matter how hard they save. You know, like we didn't have the money laying around, but we were fortunate that we could move in with parents and, you know, didn't have any dependents at all. So we were able to forsake things like holidays, buying a house, that kind of thing, going out, having any sort of life really. So we could save up. Um, But by doing that, it meant that this whole world opened up in terms of accessibility and, all of a sudden, I was treated like a person and not my BMI. And people were looking at things sensibly and holistically rather than just looking at a list of, oh, no, computer says no. You're too fat um, or you're too single or you're too old or whatever it is. Because um, as I said earlier, if if my weight had been my issue or it was going to be unsafe, then I would have to l- listen to that. I would want someone to be kind and empathetic and offer support, but I'm not the kind of person who can't hear some straight talking if that's what's needed. But you can straight talk and be kind, can't you? Um, But when it's not based on any evidence, it's just, oh, yeah, well, sorry, in this area, the the BMI limit is this. It's just like, just cut the bullshit. We all know it's there to save money. And I think that's what makes me really angry. It makes me angry for groups like, same-sex couples or people who are single um, and they're marginalised and then this process makes it even harder for them and I just think it's it's wrong, it's so wrong and it's probably only going to get worse and not better as I've demonstrated by looking back at what it was when, when we were trying to get state-funded treatment versus what it is now. It's just getting harder and harder and more and more eligibility criteria. So it's no wonder people are looking outside of um, the NHS to go privately. And people will, of course, look in their home countries. That's where most of us start, isn't it, I think? And it might be that then we very quickly realise the costs and that that is a barrier to treatment. Or there may not be as much flexibility, perhaps, around things like BMI, at some clinics and again things like age and if you're if you need donor conception and 
you know, you're a person of colour, you might be sat on a waiting list for two years, potentially, for an egg donor. You may wish to have um, anonymous or open ID donation, and that might be different. Um, you may only have one option in your country, likely to only have one option in your country. And by going abroad to Europe, you've got both options. Things like waiting times, you know, that's another accessibility issue as well, because even in some of the private clinics in different countries in the world, there can be waiting lists. Whereas when you go abroad, I know we talked about this in the last podcast episode, if you go abroad to Europe, there generally aren't waiting lists. Um, and there's generally good availability of, of donors, which makes things more accessible to get your treatment sooner rather than later. Um, as I said in the last episode, there is so much flipping waiting and, you know, people don't want to be just sat around waiting. We want to be getting on with it. And if age is a factor in your treatment as well, then you don't want or potentially haven't got two years to sit on a on a waiting list. And that's why I say it's really important to find out no matter where you go, even if things appear more accessible, you know, how long are you likely to be be waiting? Because that can be another accessibility issue if you can't access what you want when you want it. Um, so that's a lot of the a lot of the issues. And as I said, by moving out of your home country potentially can open up lots and lots of options for you in terms of accessibility so that you can have the treatment in the situation that you are in, in your circumstances, with your desires as well. It will take some homework. It'll take some digging around because different countries have different rules. Um, So, for example, there are some countries in Europe where if you are in a same-sex couple or you're a single female where you can't have treatment, which is radical and ridiculous, I know. Um, But there are others where you absolutely can. And there are countries where there's an abundance of donors and there are other countries where there are waiting lists. So you have to do your homework. But by moving outside of your home country, you're all of a sudden looking at, for example, Europe, a full continent, which I know can feel very overwhelming. Um, So if you need any help with that, then, you know, we offer a range of services to help with all this kind of stuff. But if you're doing it yourself, you you absolutely can do this. That's always my message to people. You can do this. Um, You just got to do your homework and find out where you can go and then where you would want to go. Um, Then all of a sudden you have more accessibility, which means that you can then formulate a plan and you can begin to move forward with things, which is always a great place to get to. I think that's all I need to share today. I hope that's been helpful and resonates with you. I hope that you're not someone that's facing accessibility issues. If you are, I'm sorry, it's really shit. Um, But hopefully this gives you some hope and some food for thought in terms of having a look into things and moving forward. If you do need any help and support on your journey with fertility treatment abroad, then as I said, I do offer a range of services to support people. You can take a look at yourivfabroad.co.uk forward slash services. Thank you for listening to Your IVF Abroad podcast with me, 
Emma Haslam. If you're interested in finding out if IVF abroad could be right for you, then download my free checklist at youriviefabroad.co.uk forward slash who is IVF abroad for.